Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. You might remember that when President Michael D. Higgins was at the Ploughing Championships, he said that we must remember young farmers, we must be aware that they are truly the future of the sector, but there are challenges in financial stress, rural isolation, environmental concerns, and to some degree it is driving quite a few young people from family farms. So what can be done to encourage them to stay on them? Well, young farmers with me now include Louise Crowley and James Parr-Ryan, and we also have Elaine Houlihan, uh, who, among other things, is president of the Young Farmers Macra, and you're all welcome. Uh, good morning to you. Um, James, let's start with you. Is it a family tradition for you, farming? Is that why you got into it? Well, my family would have been farmers, but I don't come from a farm at home. And I work for a farming business together, and I hope to go on to lease my home, my own farm in the, the future. But I would have a great love for uh, farming. Right, I see. And, and explain to me um, uh, the kind of business that you're involved in then and how it works. I suppose I work for um, two fellas there and they run a, a lease farm. We run six dairy blocks and um, it's all off leased ground and that uh, all the ground is leased and we don't own any of the ground. We're a grass-based system based on just uh, producing as much milk as we can off grass and a low-cost system. That's the system we run. Right. And, and could that be part of the long-term future of farming? You know, you, we've seen increased industrialization of farming in other parts of the world, haven't we? Definitely. I think that um, Ireland don't get enough credit for how much of a good grass-based system we are and how environmentally friendly we are and for how well we look after our grass and our cows. And like grass is, grass is the cheapest way to produce milk and the most sustainable. So I can't. So I think we are not getting the credit we deserve. I think us as young farmers have really developed our grassland management by joining discussion groups with the help of chagas, receding paddocks, soil sampling, uh, using clover for nitrogen fixation, which uses us to use less chemical fertilizer, which will all help the environmental impacts and the water quality. Yeah. But I don't think we're getting the praise and credit that we deserve. For these right. measures that we are taking, and and what about you, Louise? Why are you in farming, and do you think it's something that can continue to attract young people? Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you? Um, well, I'm I'm third generation here on my farm. Here, um, look, farming as a job in itself is a, is an attractive job. Like I I love milking cows. I I love um, the everyday bits that are involved with farming. But it's becoming unattractive due to policy and a lot of issues that are actually outside of the farmer's control nowadays. You know, it's very hard for a young person to to currently plan their career in farming with changes like nitrates. I'm looking at losing cows. You know, I'm a 28-year-old farmer and I have a lot of questions over the viability of my farm business going forward. And, you know, young people should be able to make a plan for five and ten years' time. And at the moment, we can't even plan for two years ahead. And not to even mention, like, um, just the finances, you know, costs have gone through the roof enormously. Milk price, you know, cattle price, everything is down. And as a young person that's probably trying to 
secure more land um, to to secure the family farm. It's it's getting it's quite difficult at the moment. The only thing that is really is keeping me farming at the moment is I know that farming is is a nice job. It's a nice way of life. I hope that things turn around in the future that I can toughen it out and things will get better um, to actually help the young farmer to keep going because if we all just get up and, and pack it up, like there, there's going to be, it's going to end very quickly agricultural here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as I mentioned, Elaine uh, Houlihan is with us uh, as well. Um, fresh from among other things, were you firing the wellies at the Plowing Championships, Elaine? I was, Joe, and I'm currently here looking at a pile of wellies because I'm in the middle of cleaning them all. <laughs> Someone has to do that job, you see? That's the Somebody non-glamorous has to do bit. That job. But, uh, you, but you beat the record anyway. You, you, you outdid the UK farmers, isn't that right? We did indeed. We beat them by a good bit now. Their record was 792 and we got 995. And before you asked why we didn't go to the 1,000. I couldn't take off my wellies, it was too wet. And I couldn't make anybody else do it. So when we ran out of wellies at 995, we had to settle with it. <laughs> That's not too much. There's always a thousand to try and beat next year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, but uh, on a serious level, I mean, a big part of what Mokra tries to do is the social aspect, isn't it? Is to try and give um, outlets to young farmers to make them feel as though it isn't just about the day-to-day of working on a farm. Yeah, it's one of, one of just one of the elements we do in Mocker. Obviously, we do have the whole element, too, of the ag side of our organisation where we do have farm walks and all that for knowledge transfer and all that. But the social aspect, I suppose you touched on it there um, at the start, Joe, about the rural isolation. I suppose, and it's actually funny that you brought it up, too, about Michael D. Higgins at the ploughing because I actually had lunch with him at the ploughing and we actually discussed what he was actually saying. And it's the viability of keeping a family farm going is down to, to uh, your village, your town. If your town is starting to lose shops, if your village is starting to lose the post office, starting to lose the shop, it's not an attractive place for young people to stay. So now it is our mission as the young people to create our future in rural Ireland and encourage young people to take on businesses in rural Ireland, to stay where the family farms are, mm. along with the support of the government. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's an issue for uh, rural communities, whether they're farming or non-farming, but it, clearly they're interlinked. Yeah, people don't realise without, without the farmers in a rural community, you really don't have a rural community because when you think of a farm, and this is what got me when Michael D. Higgins said it to me, think of how many people are employed on your farm. And like to Louise and James Pan on the call here, when you think of it, you're there on the farm. If you If you have somebody coming in helping you, once a week, that's one person employed. If you're, you're silage, that's up to 10 people employed. Seeing if you're subcontracting out any other work with your fertiliser, your slurry, it's more people employed. It has a huge knock-on effect in rural towns and villages that we forget about. And it wasn't until Michael Lee said that to me where I was like, when I sat back and thought about it, the amount of employment that is relied on in small villages, on yeah. farms, and, is and, mad. And, and the other thing is, I mean, Louise, that... Um, because a lot of people who aren't in farming don't really understand it, and I'd include myself in that, (laughs) Um, people have this image that there's a lot of money flowing through farms without necessarily appreciating input costs and whatever grant aid might be there, it has to be used and accounted for and all of that. 
Yeah, um, I, I I totally get that. I suppose it's the it's the outside opinion that's looking into it. Um, what I would say is, if people have questions or have these ideas about farming, ask a farmer. Most farmers are very obliging and would welcome anybody in to actually talk about the issues or show them what's going on. And, you know, I've spent the last couple of years trying to highlight the realities of Irish farming and what goes on inside my gate day to day. You know, the, the, the good days, the bad days um, to the public via social media and that way. So I'm used to dealing with the public and, and trying to get that across. You know, that, that um, you know, while... If you look at the figures and, you know, milk sales and turnover and stuff might be a huge figure. It's always ask the other side of the picture, you know, um, you know, how, how much is it costing to keep everything going? You know, a lot of farmers out there will generally not take a paycheck themselves when times are tough because they'll prefer to pay all the other people that we deal with every day. Like Elaine said, the contractors, you know, the feed suppliers, all these people. So while on the outside, it might look like, geez, they're getting a great milk price, but there could be, there could be loans to pay back for investments to improve the farms and these things. But generally the farmer will be actually, will always be the one to take the hit. Yeah. They would prefer to pay everyone first. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, we talk to small business owners from time to time on the show outside of farming and they will often make that same point that people don't grasp the cost side of it because they wouldn't be in it. And and James Pa, I mean, it was interested that there was uh, one young farmer, I think, from Donegal at the ploughing last week, and he was talking about, you know, being on the farm and enjoying it, but saying, look, it just isn't viable. He was even talking about trying to build uh, a home uh, on the holding, everything from planning to the cost uh, of that. And, and he, he said... At the first opportunity, he was going to try and head off to New Zealand and get into farming down there. James, farmers are heading heading to New Zealand and Australia to see the things down under. But I do think there's hope and there's a future in Ireland for farming. I think for how good our system is, because we will in time people will appreciate what we do. And I do think that for me as a young farmer who wants to get into young farmer with age of the farmer, that there will be a future for people to well, maybe don't come from a farming background to get into farming. And I would have a bright hope. I do think there is there's challenges facing farming, but I would say there's hope for farming. Right. And and, and the big hope being for you? Uh, I'd go on to lease a farm in, uh, in, in a few years' time and run my own business would be a successful business would be my hope. And, and, and is, it, is it viable to lease a farm? Because obviously leasing means an extra cost. Uh, I suppose it, it is, but with the, the cost of milk at the moment now, it is a uh, it'll be it'll be very challenging, and you'd have to have everything in top order. But I'd hope that um, in the future that the creameries and the suppliers and the farmers could work together to sustain this fixed milk price, or if the milk price the farmers could have significant wages and money off. Like 2022 will be the great year, and coming into the great year now, we've been hit with a poor milk price, but yes, costs have been high and. Something will have to be done. Something will have to be done. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen. It's it's interesting, and it is the way of the world. You know, the reality is that a lot of our farmers are getting older, and they are trying, if they can, to pass it on to 
their children, their adult children, or seeing other ways to keep farming viable. Uh, but uh, I don't think there's any doubt that it's in significant flux, like many parts of Irish society. And it'll be fascinating to see where it goes in the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, but uh, three people, three young people, who are doing their best to uh, keep her lit, as they say, is James Pa Ryan, uh, Louise Crowley and Elaine Houlihan. And Elaine is also president of MACRA at the moment. And thank you very much for your thoughts this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.